Welcome to Panelism, a podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. I am Taylor Trask. And I'm Todd A. And uh, we are back, Todd. It is December 2nd. I was going to say December 1st. December 2nd. So we've passed Thanksgiving. It's been a while. I, actually, we talked well before that. Yeah, that's true. We had to put a couple in the can. Um, did you travel for Thanksgiving? I did. We, uh, my wife and I went up to South Dakota where I'm originally from and, uh, did the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday thing there and then came back down and then Rachel spent time with her family, uh, in Denver. Uh, her sister had come back. One of her sisters had come back. So that was cool. And I came back down here and tried to get stuff done, uh, last weekend so yeah that's it's been a week since then even did you have any uh any inclement weather or any snow during thanksgiving none none oh, really? it, it was like yeah it was one of those beautiful just sunny you know like kind of like idyllic warm kind of thing not too warm it's wyoming and south dakota but like thanksgiving's just everything was absolutely perfect i was oh, nice. i was very pleased even though the, i think it was the east coast was just yeah pummeled that's true. I was going to say, I um, I was going to try to make you jealous because my, my parents visited me and it was like mid to upper 70s all week. <laughs> so oh, we're just like walking around in the sunshine every day, you know. Now have the fires, I guess, wound down. Is that still well, you going know, on? We went up to LA one day and we were all pretty convinced that what we saw on the horizon must have been smoke. And we did, you know, we checked all the sources and and it, it was just some, you know, some strange like cloud or something in the mountains that day. Because um, it did look like at least on the, you know, on the part where we were, uh, that was, it, which was uh, east enough of L.A. that that we weren't actually seeing smoke from the fires. But um, and I think the the winds kind of calmed down a little bit. And then this week we've had the opposite, which is we we had rain everywhere. And it, that just makes the, the 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 area that has suffered fires is worse off with that rain because it the ground is already unstable it creates mudslides and mm-hmm. flooding and things like that so uh has not been great today is beautiful again um and because of the rain we here in orange county at least can see like snow in the mountain peaks and stuff which is oh, cool to nice. me where it's like 70 degree weather but you can you know see mountaintops with snow in them and stuff so yeah we get we get to have that in april may here. i yeah <laughs> i was gonna say this is not like a unusual occurrence for you just not this early. I mean, it's not 70 right now. That's for sure. <laughs> Seems like the last time I was there, which was May, it was like I got off the plane and was like, oh, shit. And had to like layer up like oh, yeah. I got out of the airport. Uh, um, anyway, anyway, this is a show where we pick comic books to talk about generally graphic novel length sort of things. Um, and today is uh, a pick of yours that you're bringing to us. What do you have? I have uh, a trade paperback for a series I have talked about before in previous episodes, various incarnations of the show. Um, and it's a series that it's, it's when I first jumped into image, you know, really, you know, really heavily back in that sort of April of 2015, right, right around there, I discovered it was, I had just kind of come in at, on East of West. So I was really like, what image, what is going on here? Well, yeah, I did not realize the, the sort of depth and breadth. And so I got really hooked on a couple killer image series at the time east of west was the first one um uh, manifest destiny is another one the wicked and the divine is another one and that's this series um i came in at i think volume two uh caught up on volume one came into volume two and today i'm talking about volume seven 
of the uh, Wicked and the Divine series, uh, subtitle Mothering Invention. This is the penultimate uh, trade paperback. There is one more arc left, uh, so, like five or six, and then the whole thing is done. Does that mean they are done publishing single issues already? No, they are okay. just, they're now beginning the final, they're like right in the middle of the final run of single issues as I speak. Um, this is again, December, 2018. So um, you can keep, you know, there's a, still a little bit more, more to go, but not much. So this is, this is the, uh, the volume that really starts to deliver answers. I'll get more into the details oh, in a second. Okay. First one, I just shout out written by Kieran Gillen, uh, art by Jamie Mc, uh, McLevy, who is, you know, these guys have been the, the, creative force behind this since the beginning so it's really cool to see that continuity colorist matthew wilson letterer clayton uh, cowles published by image like i said and this particular volume came out october of this year 2018 wow yeah so this is this is fresh i remember uh, i walked uh same time i got a couple of the uh, more recent books i i've been reviewing on the show i'd also picked this up from uh, escape velocity downtown colorado springs and so uh this was i was really anxious to get through this it's a thick one um you know it seems like it's more there's more uh, kind of uh, uh dvd extras as I, as I like to say at the end i think some of the uh the actual uh individual chapters were longer as well so this is you know it feels it feels has some some heft to it like i said this is the one that really starts to deliver answers um I'll give you, there, you know, there's not a back cover uh, summary yeah. to this thing. Um, you know, they always, they don't really, they just gonna give you some quotes. I always want to reread the general premise of Wicked and the Divine. If, yeah, if I was gonna say, know. set us up on the general premise. Yeah, so and this is this is kind of like the main quote you see on all the back of the covers. It says, "Every ninety years, twelve gods return as young people. They are loved, they are hated. In two years, they are all dead. It's happening now. It's happening again." So that's that. That's the very beginning of issue one, volume one, of this whole thing. And you realize that this, all this, the mythology of this world is that these twelve gods are reincarnated as teenagers, and um, it's every uh, ninety years. We start the series, I believe, in twenty fifteen, because um, I think the, I think it started in twenty fifteen. If I'm yeah, no, maybe it's a little earlier than that. 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. We start there, and so this is the the next 90 years. The gods have been sort of remanifesting as uh, teenagers who then become pop stars, um, and they all they're all kind of modeled loosely after actual contemporary music artists. Like there's one of the gods um, is named Iniana, and he he looks a lot like Prince. Um, you know, another guy looks a little bit like Jay Z. Um, and they're all it's all based in London. So this this is a very much a British has that kind of interesting British sensibility about everything. And there's a main character named Laura, who's kind of our, in the beginning, at least originally, she is our sort of avatar into this world. She's our main uh, our main protagonist. Um, that changes after it becomes much more of an ensemble uh, piece uh, after about issue three or four, or sorry, volumes three or four. But Laura really wants, you know, she kind of hero worships and like fangirl worships these these gods. So we kind of see everything through her eyes. We're introduced to sort of the mechanics of the world. Along the way, a lot of gods have died or have been killed under really interesting or suspicious circumstances. There's been kind of a civil war of sorts between them all. Um, because And they're all getting more paranoid and panicked as they get closer because after two years, um, they die. They have to, they can't, once they're, once they become a God or once the God manifests, um, in these teenagers, then there's two years and then they, they have to die. So okay. they know their, their lifespan is not very long. I got a technical question there. <laughs> so do they, 
do they, when you say they manifest in a teenager, does that person have like a, a life that they're aware of? And then all of a sudden one day they wake up and they're, and, the, and there's a God inhabiting their body, sort of like Dana and Zool? Ah, uh, good question. Yeah. No, it's much more like, like uh, you know, like a mutant, you know, like an, an X-Men, like, you know, sort of manifesting their abilities. Like you're walking along and you're okay. just a normal everyday kid. And then you encounter this woman, uh, kind of this, this very interesting cryptic woman. I don't want to get much too much into her because she's not around now. And she has no involvement in volume seven. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so I don't want to. Well, I, I take that back. Name her. <laughs> she, we'll get into that because there's a lot okay. of there's. We'll, we'll come to that. But so you you basically have this encounter with this this woman, and um, you sort of like if you're, for example, my favorite one is is Lucy, who's basically yes. Lucifer, who looks a lot like a uh, white Duke version of David Bowie. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. It kind of dresses like it's. It, I, I mean, if Ruby Rose doesn't play her in the in the <laughs> film adaptation. There's something horribly wrong. With just oh. America and, and anyway, I was thinking Annie Lennox, but uh, but then I thought, well, no, Annie Lennox is the female version of David Bingo. Bowie. I was just gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that is uh, exactly right. So no, so so you're walking along, and then you sort of you encounter, and then she summons sort of these powers to you, and you have, from what I understand, like every time the this happens, the gods have sort of a faint memory of their previous you know, incarnations. Um, but it's still mostly the kid, right? It's still them and their fears. Oh, okay. There's sort of a, you know, they, they feel a heightened sense of responsibility in, in the world. And, you know, they, again, sort of a connection to them, their past selves, but it's, it's not a, 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 a possession. It's nothing like, it's definitely not Dana and Zool. It's gotcha. It's, yeah. yeah. It's more like, I'm a, it's more like, you know, you just get like Shazam. Like I'm a superhero now. What? You know, it's, it's kind of like that. Gotcha. So these, these gods have kind of existed. And like I said, we've been through a lot so far and all along the way, there has been all these questions. They've done a good job of having these one shot issues that uh, take you to a different period in time along the, you know, the last you know, couple hundred years. So they, they did one back in the, you know, like which would have been 180 years ago. Um, they've done, you know, they did one uh, before that they've kind of flashed around. They did one that was like, you know, really early on, like, um, you know, like almost Sumerian times. They did one that was, uh, you know, one of the one of the emperors of Rome was one of the gods that manifested. So you got to see how that worked out, and that was an interesting story too because that particular character um, tried to base try uh, the way it works is after two years, it's not that they just die; they have to they have to basically kill each other off because it's it's forbidden for one of the, you know, one of these gods to live past two years. So there's the scene in the very first issue where you see them all sitting around their table and it's the ones who are still who have still survived up to this point it's the two-year anniversary and they basically all commit like you know they they all commit suicide together they all point their fingers at the other you know the other one and, and bang and they all they all go and you kind of find out in this in this caesar one that um he was the first god to try to live past two years and basically went completely insane and so the mother kind of character the mysterious woman motherly character that that they all encounter she from that point on decided to to basically in, institute the fact they all have to die after two years because it will just go it'll go crazy the this evil kind of darkness will set in and they'll they'll go crazy so where we are in the books in the series now all the characters have kind of we've wrestled with parts of that you know there was a civil war like i mentioned um and it's become very clear that one of these gods in particular and I, I will spoil it because if you, you know, if you've been following along, um, this obviously won't be a spoiler. If you haven't started the series yet, 
I mean, you tell me, would you, if I spoil the, this particular guy, because what, what we find at the beginning of volume seven is one of the gods, um, and this was revealed, I think, in previous issues, you know, like right before volume seven, but we find out one of the gods that we've been following this entire time is actually uh, an especially a, a evil god who manifested instead of what we were told that, it, you know, that she actually is. And she's a major character that we had no clue was coming. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Do you, I'll just say it. Uh, it's well, well, I kind of feel like, you know, this episode is volume seven. If you're not caught up, then uh, hopefully yeah. what we've said so far entices you. Um, I, I just quickly ran through our old episodes to try to find where we had mentioned uh, Wick Div before. Um, and I, I don't have a number for you, but we've definitely talked about it a number of times. Yeah. Um, and I would say henceforth spoiler territory. Uh, although you're going to say it so that like, if you have not yet read volume seven, yeah, you're not is... going to spoil volume seven. You're going to spoil prior volumes. Exactly. So yeah. this is something that was revealed. Uh, yeah, this was revealed before volume seven, but just so that is, and so I'm, I'm, I'm giving this to you as though you haven't read volume seven yet. I'm not going to spoil crucial details in the volume, but we open on the fact that Minerva, the youngest guy, you know, she was like 12 when she manifested, um, is actually the sort of vessel for this kind of ultimate evil that, uh, this, this other character that we were slowly kind of introduced to and back, uh, kind of backflashes. Um, uh, she is actually the sister of the mother, you know, kind of the, the good, the good witch, if you will, the, the, the mother character that's, um, that we find. And so there are the, there are two sisters and you, the whole issue starts with them and they're kind of what set all of this in motion. And we're talking like early, 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 you know, probably for, you know, dawn of the first man sort of, you know, era. This is, I mean, they're ones wearing like, you know, a skull of some kind of dinosaur creature as like a headdress, you know, and the other's got like kind of a totally just a feather dress on. So it's, you know, really early, early man. And there's this kind of epic, mythology play out that we actually see them confront each other and they're they set up it's it's kind of cryptic they set up the rules for basically what's going to happen why the gods are going to manifest every 90 years what all that's being set up in this very first opening you know couple pages and you see them kind of hash this out and you realize oh okay and so that that fills in a lot of details like you kind of figure out why you know certain limitations are in place and then from there it just kicks into the ongoing story we see you know there have been um, there's sort of, uh, some of the gods broke away. There's been some, you know, some infighting going on. So we pick back up right there, but then as that story progresses, we get a lot of flashbacks, a lot of flashbacks to a lot of things, you know, scenes that happened off camera that we never really got you know, the sense of it flashes back to the very first, uh, scene in the very first issue. And you get more context about that. And it's just like, it starts to just answer questions incredibly fast. Um, a lot of things, a lot of questions are, are, are answered. It sets up a really freaking interesting twist at the end. So the whole thing just from start to finish is very just fast moving. It's like they, they knew this, you know, they were 14 issues from the end, let's say. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is definitely like it. It's the thing I'll, I'll reference it again when we get to, you know, if you know, recommend it, if you like, but the, what kept playing through my head as I was reading it was, Oh my God, this is what lost could have done. You know, like if they had just, and, and strangely enough, a lot of the same themes in this volume echo many themes in Lost, like the simplicity of good and evil or black mm. and white, or, you know, two different senses of morality 
conflicting you know against each other and one thinks that you know the one obviously both think they're the hero and think the other the villain or vice versa so a lot of those themes are playing you know the mysteries of why sort of the rules of the world are the way they are getting answered now and sort of the the higher mythology that plays into it i just kept i just kept in my mind thinking oh my god this could lost could have gotten here first yeah. and have you know they they could have this could have been as good in that context and sadly they just i mean it is they, as we all know they missed every opportunity to do it. So I really like that. Um, I'll come back to a couple more details in a second. Uh, I want to talk quickly about the art and the illustration. This, you know, uh, as per usual, this, the art is what really hooked me into this book to begin with. You know, everything is drawn very cinematically, very cinematically. Um, it's one of those classic image books that feels uh, mostly like, you know, all the, all the panels are storyboard frames, mm-hmm. um, like really well done. Now, it, that said, it does still do really cool things um, and subverts the medium. And one of my favorite uh, chapters in this is, um, this isn't too spoilery. In the very middle was a chapter where uh, it is, it's just one, um, I see, does it come first? No it's just one issue and it shows what happens, you know, the motherly character I mentioned, I don't want to spoil too much in terms of who she is really, but the motherly <laughs> character I mentioned, it shows her, um, in a scene. She has a scene early on in like issue volume at the end of volume two, she encounters Laura, our main kind of our main character and something happens that gets mirrored at the beginning of this issue. And you get to see for the next, you know, 12 to 14 pages, a traditional uh, two by three, you know, so two panels wide, three three down, two by three grid. Every single page is a two by three grid, and every single page has every single panel has exactly the same setup, which is this motherly character encountering the Laura-like character from you know ninety years ago, ninety years before mm-hmm. that, and it shows you every ninety years from the be- absolute beginning scene until she does it to Laura. So you get to see exactly. You know, so, you know, it ends in Great Britain 2014. It starts, um, you know, it says like uh, the first one is the Upper Nile, three, uh, 3,000, you know, 3862 BC, Mesopotamia, you know, Mesopotamia, 3770 BC. It goes on and on and on. Comes, you know, Egypt, 2757 BC, Egypt, 2574 BC, Aust- you know, Australasia, it goes on and on. So mm. it shows you that, that kind of, and you're like, well, that's interesting. You get to see two things. One, how many times this has happened and repeated itself. You know, that whole, you know, and then when I quoted that beginning where it says, it's happening now, it's happening again, that really felt resonant as you're kind of looking at those panels. The other thing it does, it sets up the next, uh, like the, the, uh, the issue kind of right after this, there's, there's another issue. And then this next one pops up and it's exactly the same idea, except it's a three by three grid. And it's that motherly characters. It's like the other evil God, you know, sort of the, of the grand two gods. There's this motherly character and this kind of other childlike evil essence. It's, it's her story. It's exactly the same setup, but it starts with her and she makes a terrible mistake. And it's just panel after panel of black, of black. Mm. It's just, and it's, it shows you all the same years that are passing by at the same period of time. And it ends Locked. and it ends in the, uh, the, that issue ends kind of in this, like with this crate, not a twist, but just this crazy resolution that you go, Oh, that's why. Okay. So that just, it's a cool artistic subversion of the, of the form, but it ends in this really compelling way that really delivers a lot of information too. So I just, all of it was really, really well done. So this whole volume 
just you know art it's it's the same art we've come to know and love except for that one bit in the middle yeah i quit as we know i quit reading it uh, around volume three because they had those guest artists come in it just wasn't wasn't doing it for me so this you know since then we've been you know with the traditional team and they yeah. just crush it every panel is just perfectly wonderfully drawn wonderfully colored um if it, you know if you like that art at all if, you know if, you, if you've read any of their stuff it's it's you know, yeah get it for I, that i have a hard time describing it it is very euro and very like like it's just i mean i don't know what it if, if it's necessarily the lines of it or the coloring that is just so l kind of <laughs> loud you mm -hmm. know but the but the the lines and the drawings are really almost sparse you know but mm -hmm. every panel is filled up with color yeah uh and it's you know it's it has that patrick nagel you know duran duran rio kind of feel to it yeah yeah in a lot of places um yeah. and i never made it to volume three so i'm glad you brought that up about you know, you, you did kind of give up on it for a while with that volume three. Cause the art, once it, once it departed from that art style, you, you know, you kind of lost interest. Well, let me, uh, I'm glad you, let me, let me be clear about this too, because I've been following the series, but I, right. I really, and I, and I read, I've read mostly every issue. Um, I've skipped a few here and there when I just knew it was going to be kind of a, a placeholder um, in volume three. I just, I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I bought volume one I bought volume two immediately after reading volume one. I was like, I need this one now. And then was a little disappointed by volume three and then four, five, six. Um, there was some good stuff in there, but you know, I, it almost felt like a, you know, a Marvel Netflix series where it's like, okay, these three volumes could have just been two. Like there was, there seemed like there was like a lot of right. wasted kind of space just on side stories and things that just didn't matter as much. So volume seven feels like, Oh, this is what I've been waiting for. Like gotcha. you almost could, you can almost compress three, four, five, six into kind of it's, it's one ball of stuff. And, and, you know, come, you're obviously going to miss a lot if you just jump from volume two to volume seven, but if you want kind of a good anchor point to know like when it's really going to get good again, yeah, it's going to be between two and seven. Like that's, point. that's really when, so I'm, I'm, you know, I, I feel happy that I, you know, I bought another volume in between, um, I think it was, uh, Imperial phase part two, mm. but like, it's just, there's, like I said, they could have combined a couple of these. Now you uh, mentioned that volume seven was like, it felt thicker. Are yeah. there more single issues in it or did they just have more pages? They just have more pages. I think oh, okay. I'm actually looking at my other volumes as we speak to judge. Gotcha. You know, you know what? Five. I'm looking at five again. No, it's a little thicker than five too. I did, and I think they have a few more DVD extras at the back and, um, as well. They had a couple of oh, yeah, in, in so. volume seven. So yeah. now that you're at seven, do you get the feeling that the creators really plotted it out? Um, to end around this time or I, you know, cause it's interesting. They did sort of build in a life cycle for themselves with that. Like, you know, the gods can only survive for two years. Yeah. Um, but do you, do you feel like uh, if it got lost a little bit in the middle there somewhat, is it like they, you know, was that, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out like, is that kind of filler? And then they got back on the path to end it or was this all plotted out from the beginning and they just wanted to tell all of these stories and make it to eight volumes. The way I understand it, they, uh, I think this may be completely wrong, but I just, I remember reading recently they had, I think IO nine had a, a interview with, um, Gillen and McClevy McKelvey. And, um, I think they, I think image picked it up for 47 issues, like knowing that, oh. Hey, it's going to be 47 issues for sure. And then they just, they kind of played to that. Yeah. You know, 
the first two volumes feel incredibly outlined like oh they were yeah. building to like really well crafted seasons of tv and then it kind of felt like see and if they had you know volume three even with the guest artists they could have done one thing with the guest artists to make like it would have i would have completely bought it if they had yeah. if they had just done one thing and actually made it sort of fit into the name because there's something happens at the end of volume one that if they had made that like Oh, and that's why you're seeing each issue. It looks a different way because mm, this yeah. happened. Dot dot dot. And if they had just threaded that through, volume three would have been amazing. Yeah. But they did not, and so it just kind of felt like, all right. So then volume four picks up almost. It's like everything that happens in volume three is just a throwaway story, mm. just because you know the artist wanted to draw something. Like I guess, but nothing, nothing on in terms of the actual evolution of the plot happens in volume three it's just right. a lot of discussions and conversations so you can almost start with volume four right after volume two and that one's pretty good but there's this thing this it's the uh, imperial phase where <sighs> the motherly character ends up going away i don't want to spoil what happens exactly but when she goes away all the gods don't have sort of that that uh, governing force anymore and they kind of go crazy so it's a lot of like what happens when they don't have anybody watching out for them? And it's it's like I don't. This could have just been a couple, you know, one shots. This didn't need to be two volumes, yeah. Exactly. So it's just, that felt like well, there's no outline here. And now it feels mm. like oh, but like just all the stuff that they include intentionally in volume seven leads me to believe like they always had this plan because um, they laid the seeds for it really well. Like when they flash back um, to that first scene in issue one. Uh, and they show you sort of stuff that you didn't see the first time around. It's just like, oh my God, like they clearly had, right. Gotcha. This was all, and even little things that I noticed in volume one, like yeah, there was a particular character in that scene where I was like, man, I wonder if this is going to end up happening. And sure enough, like, <laughs> all this time later, it's like either they had that plan or they just, they, it was obvious to them too. Like, well, clearly we need to show something about this. So yeah, I know it's, I'm speaking in tongues because I don't want to spoil too much. Right, right. But no, that's really cool to know that they end up threading those things back together. As you know, regular listeners know, like I've expressed <laughs> a lot of frustration with series that hint that there's sort of an ending that they have to get to and then just mm -hmm. continue going. And you're like, okay, now I don't know how you're going to wrap up these other threads. And <laughs> yeah, um, you know, looking at you, George Martin, and that kind of thing of like, we're, you know, uh, especially visually, it's cool. To, you know, to know the the artist was in on all of those little threads that were going to wrap up later. So yeah, oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So I highly highly recommend this book if you're if you were like I said a casual, if you're a hardcore Wick Div fan, obviously. But if even if you're yeah. a casual one, this is a good place to jump back in. You know, if it makes you ask questions about the plot, you can always go back and pick up single issues. Um, like I said, there's a lot of interesting one shots now that are you know cool in their own right so grab that if you like lost when it wasn't sucking and you know and want to see kind of what could have been on lost season grab, one season <laughs> no, no. well season one but also like you know as it, as it went on just there's you know it, there's a lot about the mythology of the island like once we meet you know kind of the jacob and the smoke monster and you know what they really are there's a lot of that, that, that you find at the beginning of volume seven. And you're like, Ooh, this is what oh. could have been a lot of really, like, like really interesting parallels. Um, and I'm also going to say, if you liked American gods, the book, not the show, but the book, um, yeah. I think this, that's a, I think that's a great entry point too, because, so I have not read the book, um, mm -hmm. the American gods book, but I was exposed to, uh, Wicked and Divine before the show started. Mm -hmm. And that comparison of like Laura as the 
whatever that traveler's name is in American Gods that is basically our oh, protagonist. Shadow Moon. Shadow yeah. Moon. Yeah, I can see the parallels there of like, Ooh, this is yeah. not necessarily an avatar for the oh audience. Oh my God. In but more that's, ways than one. Oh yeah. no, there's a there's a there's a character development with Laura that I don't mm. want to spoil. That is very reminiscent of what happens nice. in Shadow Moon. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good. Is there any? Can you think of other like comics with this art style that might, or something that might be similar to, you know, like to to recommend? Like, I mean, like if you liked a such and such book, you'll like. I mean. Give. If you also if you followed uh, Gillen McKelvey's uh, other series Phonogram, oh, uh, same great. team looks exactly the same. You know, uh, a lot of people who like Wigdiv like Paper Girls as well, and mm. like Sex Criminals. Uh, those just I, I think both of those series Paper Girls came later, but I think Sex Criminals started around the same time yeah. as Wigdiv was getting hot. So part of that could just be timing, but I just I know people who kind of like that as- aesthetic. Probably Sex Criminals more so. Yeah. Um, cause it has kind of a, you know, again, very interesting use of color. Not that yes. paper girls doesn't, but uh, paper girls is a little bit more monochromatic. Well, um, and I might throw in, um, it, it also seemed like there was just a, a golden year for image the year that like, I think it was all the same year where saga Wiktiv and sex yes. all started. Cause I always tend Good to point. see those three together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I might say saga more than sex criminals, but you're right about the color. Uh, sorry, not more than sex criminals, more than paper girls. Um, but the saga art is totally different than this. You know, it's morning glories is another one too. That kind of oh, comes yeah, to yeah. mind. That, okay. was, that was a little earlier there on, that was like 2010. Um, but, uh, I just remember like that. Yeah. Same kind of, yeah. Saga east of west, wick div, west, sex yeah. criminals. Like there was sort of like, like, like the HBO, like they can do oh, yeah. no wrong era, you know? Yeah. And honestly, I mean, it's, you know, oh, we're probably man. in the era where we need to talk about comics that way of, you know, what's holding on for too many seasons because mm. the publisher doesn't have the next big thing loaded up yet or something. Um, I don't think it's one of the big ones, but I mean, it's pretty big, but it's not one of those that you just mentioned in the Pantheon. But Black Science, for example, is one that I've, you know, really expressed yeah. a lot of frustration with where it's like, this seemed to be heading somewhere. It just keeps getting farther and farther away. Yeah. And it's gotten to the point where I'm just not picking up the trades until I sort of know they're headed somewhere, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, what, you know, what does come after this? Cause East of West ends next year. Right. Yep. And, um, uh, uh, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. I don't know where a saga's well, headed. I'll say it's interesting. You, you mentioned all this cause I, uh, had a conversation the other day about, um, uh, series like nowhere men or they're not like us All right. to my other like they're not like us is probably hands down my favorite image series if they would it would be my favorite image series if they just make the damn thing faster um and nowhere men is like you know they put out volume one like eight years ago or whenever it was and they're like and now here comes volume two and they st- they put out like four issues or five issues of that and then they stopped whole hog and it's like well we'll get back to that so there's these these other like killer image series out there that just sort of eke along for no other reason than the creators are either doing way too many other things although that doesn't stop john H- uh, hickman at all right uh, he that, that dude just he must have he must have like a multiplicity situation <laughs> going on in his basement where there's just like a bunch of michael uh michael keaton's just hang, kind of hanging out writing all these series for him yeah um, for sure. surely because i just i don't understand how that guy gets anything I, uh, maybe maybe he and kirkman did some kind of deal with the devil and they just they because Kirkman's just as prolific. Although yeah. I think I think Hickman's more. Anyway, there's all these series. So it's like I really wish 
you know, as these things end, I hope some of these other things that have been kind of on the vine for a while finish or get kind of routed back towards that too. It would be great to see, you know, I, I love this creative team. I hope they take a break and then do something else completely different. Yeah. Um, cause phonogram was kind of almost like a wicked and divine prototype, if you will, you know, it has a lot to do with pop music and youth culture and, you know, Eurocentric kind of ideals and things like this. So it's, it was almost kind of like a dry run for this. Yeah. I feel like, or for some of the ideas in Wickdiv. Um, so I would love to see them do something different. You yeah, know, Manifest Destiny is coming to an end too, I think. That's oh, wow. near its conclusion, I believe. I, I love that idea that to think of them like, what will they do next? Because, um, so I read volume one of this uh, largely on your recommendation and and pretty much liked all the writing and the art and volume two, for some reason, lost me. And mm. the interesting thing as we always bring up in like comparing notes is volume one I read in paperback and volume two I read digitally because I got it on one of those image digital sales. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that was just like, you know, it took me out of it for whatever mm -hmm. reason. And I just mm -hmm. remember it being and and I knew by that point that volume three was going to switch up artists. And I, you know, I just felt like ah, I'm not really, you know, whatever. I'm not I'm not committed. So I mm -hmm. kind of gave up. Um, but, yeah, I would love to see uh, Gillen and McKelvey, you know, what what they do next and yeah, follow that. Yeah. Anywho, you can find this book uh, at your local comic shop. And I'm sure every shop has it. Yeah most recent trades, um, imagecomics.com. Although it is interesting to know imagecomics.com is pushing most of their digital stuff now to comiXology, yeah. um, which is sad and interesting. And I understand, but it was sort of shocking to, to get that email. I think you and I chatted about that a few yeah. weeks ago. Um, so yeah, just you know, go grab it. Go grab it wherever you can find uh, great books like yeah. this. On this and new comic book day, go to your comic book shop. That's right. Yeah. yeah, get it pull list or just walk. If there's a shop you've been to in a while, or if there's a shop you've been like, hey, I want to, I'd love to go in there. I just didn't know what to ask for. This dude, ask for the Wicked and the Vine, Volume Seven. Absolutely. Uh, and if you're looking for the show, uh, you can find us on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Google Play Music and Podbean and anywhere else that great podcasts are downloaded and listened to. Um, we are primarily on Instagram as panelism.inc. And we also have a website at panelism.inc. It's the same thing. Same um, so, so definitely subscribe, rate, share with your friends, and tell us what you would like uh, us to read next. And maybe we can have a little book club here. Heck yeah. Been great talking to you, sir. We'll catch you on your next episode. And uh, we'll catch you guys on that episode as well. Have a great one. <laughs>